Chit. Okay. So in, case the fu- so in case the future date is like, why are you so late? You got to pay ten dollars to my Patreon to listen to the B roll on why I'm. Wow. Late. Hey, it can it can help. Having that evidence can help because <laughs> Chiron- <laughs> No, seriously, there's evidence. <laughs> when when Chiron was living at his really shitty place in South Sac, his oh, neighbor kept trying to claim I hit their car and caused thousands oh, of dollars there. in damages, but they kept <laughs> filing for different cars that I that I would show up in. And the date and time they claimed I was actually recording live on the Don Geronimo show in Rancho. Um, so are not in Rancho, the uh, Citrus Heights. Citrus Heights yeah. So I was, yeah. So I was able to say there is recorded evidence. My car was not there at the time they said I hit their car. That's and funny. then I made the insurance only, company like, pay for a subscription. Like say, given where he lived, mm-hmm. only, yeah. only in that area of South Sac would that happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they filed the claim on three different cars. Oh my God. Finally, when I told their insurance agency, you do this. You continue to pursue this, and I will turn you in for insurance hey. fraud. I'm done. Yeah, that's so shady. Oh, totally shady. Totally shady. <laughs> oh, God, I can't believe I'm rewarding bad behavior just to shut you up. Uh-oh. Is this a cat? It's, oh, it's, it's a dog. dog. I'm watching okay. my roommate's dog right now, so oh. I'm, like, rushing because I had to take him on a quick walk after work. Then I was like, yeah. oh, no, I got to shower real quick and, like, try to kind of get ready. And then my dumb employee... Then your dumb oh. employee? My dumb employee was like, I'm having an existential breakdown. I was like, did, did it have to occur after hours, man? Well, at least you get this started. <laughs> so poor Marvin can get to his date. Yeah. Oh, he has a date? Yes, that's yeah. why he's rushing. You haven't been listening? You are hurting my feelings right now, Sharon. I, I, I got it on recording, so I'm, whatever I don't hear, I hear later. Really? All for the Patreon. I do it all for you, listeners. My brother does that. <laughs> Just gives that wow. a little thing. Okay. Y'all ready? Yep. Last thing is, Marvin, I am sending you a link to this tweet that you will feel deep in your soul. Okay, so I've been in a weird funk, so it might affect me way more than it should. Oh, no. No, I've been in a very weird funk. So Sharon and Auntie Vice know, but my I have an ex who's had like some like issues. She kind of reappeared mm. again and like sent me spiraling mm. this past oh. weekend. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Okay, Ouch. I'm patient in the tweet. I had it. I haven't yet. But whenever you guys are ready. All right. Well, here we yeah. go. <laughs> you feel that one, don't you, Danielle? <laughs> I saw that. I liked it on your Facebook. <laughs> I, I felt that hard. <laughs> See, I would share that if my HR rep was not a friend. <laughs> I love that. Oh yeah, three days uh, to respond with an, an emoji. Lady Bud Butter, uh, her cookies, amazing, <laughs> amazing. I, I took the dog that- out like on a walk high. <laughs> That was not a good time. <laughs> you saw what happened to Sharon 13 hours a later. So that's no, the video. No, no, you don't understand. I haven't. Ha- okay. I'd like to think my tolerance yeah. is pretty good. But the Tuesday night we went home. I ate the half the cookie because like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like part of the cookie and the lemonade we had. I took the dog out for a while. Oh, lemonade was good. And th- yeah. And then like, mm-hmm. 
I haven't had like a serious panic attack from weed in a long time. Oh no. And I'm in like the middle of the park in at dark. And I'm just going, I'm like freaking out. I'm lost. And no one cares. Oh (laughs) no. Yeah, no, I legitimately had like an existential crisis going, oh no one cares. My damn ex. Uh, well, this will make this more this movie interesting. Then, okay, <laughs> good transition there. <laughs> yes, that was perfect. That was butter smooth. <laughs> Welcome everybody. Welcome. This is Sharon Smith, and this is I Am a Poetry Podcast presents Real Poetry. I am here with my popcorn snatchers, Marvin and Auntie Vice. Howdy. What up? <laughs> and we're here with our returning guest. I know it's she was here before, and now she's here again. Well, I'll tell you why. I'll let you bring back Danielle. Happy to be back. Welcome back. Glad to have you back. <laughs> so the reason why Danielle is back is because of this movie that we are doing. She basically just prescribed it to us. Say, hey, I recommended. Recommended it to us. Thank you. This movie to us, and I looked at it and said, I'll try it. Okay. It was just more surprising Thank the fact you. when Marvin said, Hey, why don't you get her to come back then? I asked, and she came back. Heart emoji. Yeah. Why, why would I not? Because then it's like a when it's normally me and Auntie Vice ganging up on you, now we have Danielle in on the path to gang up on you. And it's super fun. Okay. It's super fun. Yeah, it is. Aww. The movie see it, but he's giving me the Sharon dir- here is giving me the dirtiest <laughs> look. The movie we're talking about today is 1993 <laughs> movie. Uh, so I married an axe murderer. This movie came out July 30th of 1993. It is on TriStar, which is Sony. Go figure. It stars Mike Myers. This is after. His Wayne world, his first Wayne world. This is what he went into. Uh, Tra- um, um, Nancy Travis, um, Anthony um, La Pegla, La Paglia, La Paglia, Amanda Plummer, and also Michael Myers once again as the father, <laughs> Stewart. It's just such a reoccurring thing for him to play multiple roles. But you could tell this is just, I mean, as with Wayne's World, but the like reason Wayne's World worked was they, you could tell the studio was willing to adapt with Michael Myers' SNL background during right. the time. I feel like this didn't really adapt as well. Mm-mm. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's just me. That's just me, in my opinion okay. of it. But this is also coming from the guy who just fucking adored Wayne's World. I also love Wayne's World. I get it. I get it. Okay. Well, the story is basically about Charlie McKenzie is a popular local beat poet living in in San Francisco and and who has made frequent breakups the subject of his poems. Poets, you know that one? Hmm. Mm, His best friend, Tony... (laughs) A recent promote a recently promoted um, police detective chastises um, Charlie about breaking up and doing these poems and 
the reason he breaks up is mostly for self-serving and paranoia. And with this, Tony points out that Charlie simply is afraid of commitment and tries to identify and reinvent a reason for breaking up with someone. Until Charlie encounters Harriet, a butcher, at the world of meats. That is a crazy place to call, world of meats. They have a, a brief moment, and then next, you know, he finds out information because of his mom, a visit with his mom in the National Enquirer about a story about a woman who killed three men, Mrs. X, with an axe in several different places. And putting it together, he, puts, he figures out that Mrs. X must be Harriet. This movie here costs... This movie in the budget was, uh, I saw the budget, $20, $20 million. The box office came out to be um, 11.5 mil, 93 minutes. And your thoughts, Marvin? Yo, Michael Myers. <laughs> your on-screen character was dating Tiffany, um, what was her last name? Whatever. Her on-screen person, like his op- on-screen opposite was fucking gorgeous and intelligent. If she wants to kill me after the marriage, I mean, I'm okay with that. Oh, Nancy Travis. Nancy, Nancy Travis. Tra- she was intelligent. She, she was Harry. smart. She knew all about like deadly cuts and all that shit. Okay. I mean, I'm going, vegeta- <laughs> I'm, I'm going vegetarian. Doesn't matter at this point for me, but she was fucking gorgeous. And they lived in San Francisco in the 90s when it was like fucking $500 a month for rent? Was it that much? <laughs> oh, more than that. Yeah, yeah my sister moved fucking. there. She moved there in two, 99 or 2000 and she had a one bedroom for 1200 at that point. I mean, it doesn't matter. I didn't I didn't have to sell my goddamn gallbladder to, to live in San Francisco <laughs> right. at that era. Right. Like, like, <laughs> if you gave me the same pay I have now to live in San Francisco in the 90s, I would have been okay. I would have been struggling still, but I would have been okay, and I would have been happy in San Francisco. Now, if you wanted me to live there, if I sold my gallbladder, I would be there for four months tops. Five, maybe, if I stretch things out. Then you got to get, like, seven roommates and, you know, figure it yeah, out. Yeah, that's not me, man. <laughs> nope, that's not me, man. Not having sex on the top bunk when you're you're 30? You know, if that's if that's our thing, if that's a couple, if that's our thing, and we're okay with that, Julie, if you're listening to this, and you were, <laughs> Julie, I apologize in advance. I apologize in advance. <laughs> but if we're if we're good, and you're listening to this, and if this is our thing later on, I mean, if like if we're into that like warriorism thing, like I'm okay with that too. Warriorism. Warriorism. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Auntie Vice, what do you think about I think the axe murder cute- movie? I've always thought this was a cute movie. It's silly. It's simple. It's a nice little sweet rom-com. You know, it's very Mike Myers. I'm incredibly grateful they rescued this from Woody Allen because it was supposed to be a Woody Allen film. Oh, no. And Mike Myers did a significant (laughs) rewrite on it. Yeah, it would be a very different film that had Woody Allen. Here's the thing. And I'm going to say this right now as a guy who loved Woody Allen when he was was younger in the same way that I loved Marilyn Manson when I was younger. Mm Mm-hmm. I probably would have killed to see that movie three years ago. Really? I would have. I loved Woody Allen. Mm. But 
in the context as like a grown ass man who understands that Woody Allen has like some serious serious yeah. issues where um his adult character is trying to date a 16 year old prostitute <clears throat> yeah no i'm not watching that now at 30 <laughs> no no um yeah i know i think it's a very cute film for what it is you've got to watch it for what it is this is no yes great literary piece this is not honoring the beat poets and their their influence or anything this is just kind of a silly little rom-com set in san francisco in the 90s and for that i think it works well um, I think it goes in line with all the other 90s films we've been seeing. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think the director deserved to be permanently banned from Hollywood because this was the last film he ever did. Um, <laughs> he was not allowed to address direct a film again because this was such a bomb. And he ended up going into TV. Um, but, you know, for, for what it is, it's a cute film and there's pretty scenery. And, you know, um, unlike Marvin... I find Nancy Travis, there's just something about her that makes me think she's done (laughs) some foul shit. I told Sharon watching this, watching the movie, it doesn't matter what role I see her in, that lady has done some foul shit somewhere. And it comes across, and I just don't trust her. You know, I'm saying this. for the role. I'm saying Mm -hmm. this as a man who's completely confident in his own image, identity, and sexuality. Mm -hmm. If she wants to do foul shit with us in bed while we're in bed, you're good. I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay. If she wants to be the dominant one in bed, Tiffany, Tiffany, yeah. Well, and the chick that plays her sister really needs, if they ever do a live action, Bob's Burgers needs to play Gail. She would be a perfect fucking Gail. So so for the longest time when I was watching this movie, it was fucking with my mind trying to figure out who she was because her voice was really familiar mm-hmm. and and just like all the dude bros who think they can go to film school when you ask them what their favorite film is she was apparently in Pulp Fiction yes she was Bunny that's she right bunny. yeah she was Bunny and it was fucking with me because her voice was really familiar she has a very very nasally scratchy voice that's mm-hmm. unique to her yes but yes, I, I was watching and I told Sharon that she really needs to play Gail if they ever do a live action Bob's Burgers because she'd be Yeah, perfect. I just finished it. You're right. I'm caught up. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Danielle, what do you think about this movie? Well, I appreciate you taking my recommendation. Um, I am with you, Angie Vice. I think for what it is, I enjoy it. I think it's funny. I think um, I'm also, I love San Francisco. I'm a huge, I just, I love being there and I love the Suvio, like the bar mm-hmm. that he's in. And, you know, just the, the scenes and the places um, are just, it's just cool to see that in a movie. I don't know. It's not something that I'm, I'm usually used to seeing. And so for those reasons, it's, so, it's just like a fun, romantic, silly, take it for what it is kind of thing. Um, it's like if it was a if it was an astrological sign, I feel like it's like the Libra. It's like a good like yeah. Libra kind of movie. <laughs> it's got Libra energy, wow. you know. It does. Like it's just fun wow. and flirty and silly and like you know. So you just don't you just take it for what it is and enjoy its charm for what it is. So. You know, this is some very good reviews. Oh, better <laughs> than I would have given Mulan. Ah, you got it. There early. we have it. There it is. There it is. Early. Already. I, I haven't gotten I just, my thoughts in yet. You're already going in Mulan. <laughs> I'm still forever mad. Okay. Noted. Wow. I start adding the Mulan chime. Uh, you should all start to. We should all start drinking whenever I whenever I bash Mulan. In the well, same way, I'm gonna bash Corella now too. 
You, uh, oh, you saw it? Star oh, on saw Corella. It. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll bring that up later. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's a lot of parts, I mean, seeing a lot of movies per se now with um, Michael Myers, this is kind of his preempted stuff. This is where he was yeah. going, so this is where he was going. With a lot of the look at the camera, little his little mm-hmm. <laughs> and his, his little charm charm things, and then also his little playing on his own self with his other character, his father, being knowing that that sound would be the you know uh, what's what's the character's name, the bastard, fat bastard, fat, fat, fat bastard. Yeah, it 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 just made me just go okay. I, you know, I he was not originally cast as his own father. They hadn't oh. ha- cast anybody through the role, and at the first table read, that's when he got cast. So that it was not intentional when they initially set up the film. Mm-hmm. I mean, so this is exactly what I meant by like with Wayne's World, they were very quick to adapt with mm-hmm. the chaotic energy that is Michael Myers. But then when you look at this film, you can see they're trying to adapt, but they couldn't quite channel that energy well because there's moments like for instance for me that i just remember watching it was like oh god imagine if this was if this specific scene was done now how mm. bad that would have gone and this the scene i'm re- referring to is the scene where he's in his towel and they're talking about ralph and ralph is finally like, <laughs> yes yeah and and then it's fucking like dude by all means a normal person would just like not even like just whatever fucking pc culture shit is going on but like just more like as a, a articulate human being when you see someone walk down the stairs in their towel you're immediately looking at them with walls drawn like eh, this isn't going to end well they're hugging you <laughs> then, the, then the towel drops like oh god oh no oh no oh no in mid hug in mid hug embraced and and this is He's such like, a <laughs> this movie is such a product of its time I, I adore mm-hmm. I, I adore it because of that for nostalgia purposes, but at the same time, oh man, you could just tell this production, this studio, this director was just trying to recapture Wayne's world and recapture or channel that magic that is Mike Myers. Well, yeah, but he mostly it was already passed around to like three or four people. It was passed around to Chevy Chase, uh, mm-hmm. Martin Short. Was it? Yeah. Chevy Chase was going to be mm-hmm. was was one was one of the people that they were thinking about using to play Charlie Woody Allen as um, Auntie Vice said Martin Short, which I I would have thought maybe Martin Short would have been a good a good um, mm-hmm. character with this. Yeah, movie. I can see him pulling that off. I can see that. Yeah. But the see, crazy- here's the thing. I actually could have seen or no 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 not not Martin Short, but like what unlike Auntie Vice, where she said she would not have preferred seeing Woody Allen direct this, I would not have preferred Chevy Chase because, oh man, seeing Chevy mm-hmm. Chase in this would have been terrible. But he has... <laughs> that, have changed it a lot. But he has that same persona yeah, well, of being, you know, being happy, you know, being happy, concerned and, and then angry at the same time. He always, you know, in all his movies, he's always been that kind of... Way. But that's Chevy Chase all the goddamn time. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but you can see that in how Michael Myers was playing this character, trying to still be paranoid, but also still trying to be like everything's fine, everything's great. It's like mm-hmm. no. Also, another person that was supposed to be was supposed to play this movie was supposed to play Harriet was Sharon Stone. Think about that. Yeah. Okay, that would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. Would that would that would that would have saved your whole um, Nancy Travis being conniving every time? Monty <laughs> Vice. If Sharon Stone played this, 
She wouldn't have paired well with Mike Myers. You think so? No, I can't see her playing opposite of him. Like, that would have just been weird, freaky energy. <laughs> um, <laughs> very weird, very freaky. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I can't see that happening, but, you know... I, I yeah, as it is, I thought it was pretty cute. I thought it was good casting overall. Um, you know, Lapaglia does a good kind of gruff cop. Um, the the police sergeant who plays I think he plays a cop in every movie he's ever played in right. did this one pretty well. Um so yeah, I mean I, th- I I think it's a cute movie. I think the casting worked out for what it like again, for what it is. This is Never going to be brilliant depths of acting or everything, but this is just kind of a silly, fun, you know, you want to put your brain on pause and be entertained for 90 minutes. This is good for that. Right. But I mean, with all the, but did you also enjoy the cameos? Like, you know, Phil Harmon, um, mm-hmm. Michael Richards, uh, uh, what, um, Steve, um, Steve, um, yeah. Stephen Wright being the pilot. Uh, um, um, Charles Gooden. Mm-hmm. Stephen Wright does a great pilot. It was a, Stephen Wright was a good call for that pilot, right? right? Um, <laughs> or even Phil Harmon being, you know, being the police, uh, the, 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 the Michael Richards and everything. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I forget how. Yeah, I'm watching this. I'm going, oh, poor Phil, you were actually killed by. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing: I legitimately forget how early Dan Harmon's career was. Sometimes, really. Yeah, I, I, I legitimately do. I also forget how old he is, purely because I'm just. Stuck. Well, he's dead now. <laughs> Dan, uh, no, Phil, Phil Harmon. Oh, Phil Harmon. Com- yeah. <clears throat> I I completely heard someone else. Might be. Oh. <laughs> Show <Showing> my age. <laughs> but one thing, one thing about um, this movie was they were trying to push a lot was the beat poetry. Now, yeah. um, so Daniel, you weren't with you weren't with us when we were doing um um oh, what was the movie? How uh the How No Love Jones. Oh you weren't with us when we were doing Love Jones when they were doing when they were doing the actual band and the behind the poet type of feel mm-hmm. and they weren't doing it they weren't doing it the way you know the, the 90s era beat poetry thing. It wasn't even know. the 90s. It was like he was trying to re he was trying to do a uh, a reanimated of the 60s. Dun, 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 dun. And <laughs> it's funny because um Auntie Vice told me that it took them tw- 13 times from 14 hours. Yeah. 14, 14 hours to get that take because he kept fucking up the the words. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? Right. Although, think about the number of poets we know when they try to read on stage without their their stuff in front of them. Like, it's kind of believable too. This is coming off. Okay, and I'm willing to like cop out there too. This is also coming from me. I stutter every now and then too when I'm on stage. But mm-hmm. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. But you, but I mean, you can stutter without a beat. He had to stutter on. He had to basically keep on beat. That's because I don't know how to do it on beat yet. <laughs> that's because I don't know how to do it. <laughs> but that's because I don't know how to do it on beat yet, which I will hopefully soon rectify. Okay, okay. Um, so with this movie, we saw that um, 
not only did it have a little bit of a, uh, a part of this poetry, doing a little the whole rhythm beat poetry style, but all the stories <laughs> were about exes, which was yeah. interesting. Until he basically, and every every story had about uh, how crazy they were, or how what what they did to him and stuff. Even and in Harriet was another one who fell into that trap. He wrote something about her and fell into also that trap. But it was kind of the same. I almost felt like he was taking the same beat or the same pattern and you're just adding someone else new to it. Mm -hmm. I agree. It didn't seem like it really changed. You know, just right because because he didn't really change Sharon. See, that was his pattern, right? Because he would find some some flaw in the person, and then you know would go about his business of you know finding a flaw and breaking up with them and blaming them. So I think it's just because that was his mo um, in dating until he met this this uh, you know person that. And what do you think about her being a butcher and the world of meats? (laughs) I mean, haggis. He actually got haggis and took it home. Even though he didn't like haggis, he brought it in his, like, his mom was like, ooh, this is... Now I know why I don't like haggis. I'm like, what? <laughs> why break haggis? So, technically, the, the way this movie was written um, from Robbie Fox. So, there's some, there's some under, underlying stuff with this movie and stuff. But the way Robbie, Robbie Fox wrote this movie... Uh, Charlie was supposed to be Jewish. Oh. He was supposed to be Jewish first, and then Michael Myers, when he read it, he changed everything up to him, and then his also his partner, um, Malachis, um, changed up a lot of the, the material. But unfortunately, um, Malachis did not get any kind of credit because um, they brought it up, um, Robbie Fox brought it up to the Gill. And they basically told him that he can't, that they weren't going to give him any credit for this movie. So Malachi's behind the background, wrote majority of this movie with Michael Myers, but he don't get no credit on it. So sorry. So this movie itself, um, it had a, it had a lot of, had a lot of movements. Okay, it it almost got, it almost had that same feel what the Clumps is to um, uh, Nutty Professor, where. Every you know, the father um, basically inter- um, relates himself with uh, um, talks with dialogue with mm-hmm. um, Tony, then also talks dialogue with his wife, then also talks dialogue to his mm-hmm. son, then also talks you know it, it, it's all the pieces. It's almost like how you watch the clumps where you know Eddie Murphy is playing four different four or five different characters, but he has to take each character into little small increments and do his lines that way. So it was pretty, you know, pretty standard with the idea of playing multiple characters, how they basically had to move around. Like, you know, Michael Myers couldn't be seen because he was this character and his stand-in had to basically walk around and act like he's, he's being there aware of it. And then when his father's not, you know, his father's there, his father had to walk around. But that one part where they basically, when Harriet and Charlie meet, his mom and dad. I'm, I'm no, I know it's a dual screen. It's just funny how they had to make that. They had, he had to stand there and hold himself while Michael Myers comes down as Stewart 
and walks over and says, ah, give me a hug. So it's like, mm, okay, I can get that. The mul- so did you get did you enjoy the multiple acting? Anybody? Or do you feel like you should have just been one character and then pick someone else? For me, purely based on how the movie was, with how very little significance his uh-huh. father had into the film, right. it could have been done without. Really? Yeah, but I also say this as someone who just loves the 90s era magic of stupidity. I totally dig it. I just totally dig it. I mean, I'm ashamed to admit it. But it worked. It just worked for me in some odd way. And the small, like the adult version, a part of my brain that is critical is just going, no, no. But the idiotic, nostalgic part of me is just going, it's okay, it works. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, so another thing about this movie that was an ongoing, was an ongoing soundtrack was the song "There She Goes." So I found out that Michael Myers actually loves the song, so that's why he had it played repeatedly in this movie. It's very nineties. It is. Yeah. It is quintessential. Like you could have that Absolutely. and Enya and cranberries, and it would be your <laughs> all-girl nineties rock. Little, you know, yeah. little Amy Mann and um, oh, what's her face, guitar lady, nineties guitar lady. Uh, not Melissa. She'd fit perfectly in Portlandia. Uh, which one? Which one? What band? I totally, I, I'm totally like, but yeah, you. It was just the total '90s girl fronted band pop song, you know. And again, uh, it worked for this film. I think I know what you're talking. I think I know yeah. what you're talking about, but I can't recall. There's like a thousand of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like now if you did a, a, a 2021 film with a Billie Eilish song, you know, it's just so perfectly of the zeitgeist that it works. Mm-hmm. And I think in a similar way, the comedy, like to go back to the question as well, like like his character, everyone knew from Saturday Night Live or whatever. So it was like, of the time, that was what was funny. That's what people knew him for. So I'm like, it, it's just, it's another reflection of the times for me, I think. So yeah. I, I like it because of that. Well, and nobody was looking for Mike Myers to stretch as an actor in this one. No, exactly. <laughs> no way. Oh yeah, no. This was a this was a nice little hefty paycheck for him. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, was it not? It was. It it was. Uh, it. I just noticed that Mike Michael Myers. Um, a lot of the split since a lot of the split screen. Um, um one situation happened where Nancy Travis. Uh, was getting confused with the split screen that she actually accidentally cut the tip of her finger when she was doing, oh, when she was doing oh. the butcher. Yeah, <laughs> she in the bu- one of the butchers saying she cut off the tip of her finger, which oh, was reattached. Why does that not surprise me? Because I remember watching that butcher scene. I was like, man, this scene would not fly in the modern era of this episode. Like as we speak during this episode, because like to wa- like, just to watch someone do essentially nothing and be that brazenly incompetent is so bad. So bad. In a packed fucking deli! <laughs> Motherfucker, you better be wearing gloves when you cut... I know. Cut Where my is OSHA? Where was OSHA, OSHA in that? OSHA never visited that deli. OSHA did not get in touch with the costuming department. <laughs> but again, but again, the dumb part of my Mel Brin's like, 
Oh, a woman who knows how to use a knife? I'm okay with this. Yeah. <laughs> he was liking it. He was liking You it. can play with my meat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the jokes. Some part of your brain. Yeah. That's what I'm appealing to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How well do you use these sausages? No. Okay. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> so, Either way, she worked in a deli. I found that very attractive. And so what do you think of what do you think of Anthony's character being uh being he's supposed to be a cop mm-hmm. but also he but he was a cop who wanted all the the movie type things to happen. He basically had, told his boss that can't you be like the movie cops where they basically yell obscenities to the person and stuff <laughs> and do all these things and he's like you're so you're such a nice cop. I I can't I can't get with you, boss. You know? Then his boss tried these little things on him. It's like, what the heck? It's like, yeah, you little, you went a little too far with the, with the um, what do you call? It? What do you say, Pazan? He's like, Pazan, Pazan, and he was saying it wrong. Yeah. That, that felt a little too meta for me. It felt too meta. It's kind of like how we talk about like certain things, like where oh, the film sort of done this. It almost felt like them just like talking to us through the screen. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, the cop should have been this, that cliche, like inter cliche mm-hmm. captain of the police force, inter cliche undercover cop who takes his mm-hmm. job too seriously. It just felt like instead of doing the cliche thing, it just felt like they're trying to talk to us through the camera mm-hmm. about what it should have been. I, I think a lot of stuff was like tongue in cheek. It was like, you know, very like, yeah, yeah, you're supposed to be on, you're supposed to be. So, why are you dressed up like a Starsky and Hutch character? It's like, well, I'm supposed to be undercover. Mm, no. <laughs> See, and I'm looking at it from the psych perspective and thinking there's so many people who go in to be cops who want that movie experience, which is some of the reasons we have such horrible policing. Oh, no. Is they are so yeah. not getting what they need, so they want that excitement and they want to think everybody's the bad guy, and that's why Stop part it. of the thing that's to uh yeah to to all of our fucked up police issues, it's one of the contributors, and I was just like, this is not playing real for me right now. <laughs> like he's he's gonna have he's gonna have a shooting, and I don't want to see Anthony. You know, Paglia dragged in for for you know Black Lives Matter, and it's like, oh, this is this is not working for me right now. Get that excitement somewhere else, all right? Right. It was. It was, it was there. Oh, it was yeah. There. Yeah, it, was it definitely was. So, so the so the fact there's a lot of spots that they said that you know the last scenes that they took they took one for the Golden Gate Bridge they took one from um. The, the diner where they had the double date was called Fog's Diner. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the World of Meats was actually called Great Axe. I mean, I don't know if these places are still there. I didn't look it they up. They all are, yeah. Yep, okay, they so still are. Fog's Diner. They survive? They survive? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like San, there's like, I feel like with San Francisco, like there's parts of it that's still being gentrified, but then they're like, like Luna's here, there's mm-hmm. still yeah. old things that are just holding so strong and so stubbornly, like Places that want to gentrify, like okay, fuck it, we can't, we can't. <laughs> I mean, and Fox City Diner is a pretty place to eat in, and it's got great views. Food's mediocre, but I mean, mm. you know, it's it works for the shot. You're not there for the food in that movie, you know. You're there for the mm. the f- shot. Exactly. Yeah. And one one of the one of the um the the whole Phil Hartman Phil Hartman and um the Alcatraz scene. Was actually done in uh, they call it a block, 
which was the the mm-hmm. actual was the actual scene they did for The Rock. Mm-hmm. That was the actual filming location they oh. did for The Rock. So not that, surprised yes. anyway. As somebody who loves The Rock and has seen it more than once, like that is the the t- the ultimate chick flick action film. Like I know so many women who love that movie. I yeah, I knew exactly where they were. I'm like, oh, that's that scene. That's that scene. Yeah, oh, <laughs> so it's really easy to line it up. Mm, it's really it easy to line it up. Oh, I did like man. Phil Hartman. I mean, he was very Phil Hartman in it, but <laughs> <laughs> I love the and pissed in the bitch's eye sockets. I was, was howling. I was howling. That was such a great line. Oh, it probably is the best line of the film. Like, <laughs> and the way he delivers it is just—it was brilliant. <laughs> it really was. It just. I was more surprised that they didn't laugh. I mean, I know they had to hold it in, but they were just like, did he just say pimple? Like, yeah. Very creepy here, isn't it? It's very creepy. Yeah, it's very creepy. Well, it got real quick. It got real, real quick. Machine Gun Kelly just used the shiv and cut. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ocular cavities. God, it was good. Wow. It was so good. <laughs> Speaking of which, so with this, with this movie, um, we learned we learned about we learned that there was an axe murder, and you know basically um, Anthony or Tony. It's funny how they mm-hmm. call him Tony, even though his name's Anthony for real. So he didn't have to go too far. Mm-hmm. Anthony basically is going through all the things, trying to find out all the information with the care with um all the um with all the victims and stuff, and trying to find out how all this stuff plays into mm-hmm. her and. Little thing, you know, they were giving me little hints like when she's talking Russian, when she's talking Russian to those, um, to I thought they're French, but there's no, no they're Russian, it's very uh, Russian sailors, the Russian sailors. It kind of felt like that was Fleet Week, they're, they're like they were close to Fleet Week or something because you know, that's where <laughs> right. a, lot of, a lot of sailors drop off there, hmm. but um, yeah, they um, the the whole the whole scene with the whole martial art, um, mm-hmm. um items and stuff from memorabilia and then also even the Atlantic City and then also the guy you know Ralph Ralph Elliott which they thought you know they're trying to throw us off a little bit saying that Ralph got killed by somebody else and she's all right and even even the whole fact of the whole marriage scene where she actually kind of like froze for about for several minutes and everyone was like a little concerned like Hey, you gonna say I do? I do. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're good. All right, cool. Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. You make it the bride. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're gonna have to stay. All right, let's do it. And then Dad sings um with with the back back player. What song was he singing? Oh no, he's singing a Robert Stewart song. You said Rob Stewart song. If you yeah. want my body, if mm-hmm. you want my body, and you think I'm sexy, come on, do you let me know? I was like, oh. with the bagpipes, like with the bagpipes, and the and he, he <laughs> was the solo was great. The solo, he was, was, you know, was like, then he fell out. I was laughing. I was like, oh hell no, he fell out. The guy's just like, oh, backpipe down, backpipe down. <laughs> The solo oh. was awesome. The solo was awesome. It was just mm, chef's kiss. Chef's, chef's kiss. kiss. Chef's kiss. Okay. 
But do you do you have any um Danielle, you're always a note writer. Do you have anything that you wrote in your notes that you wanted to talk about? You know what's funny is I didn't take notes this time just because <laughs> it's it's so light and fun mm-hmm. and frolicking. But I mean, I didn't have to take notes about his poetry, which was like, whoa, man. Like it just it sticks in my mind. Like I don't know. It's just masterful. Because okay, here's the thing, Sharon. This is why this is one of the reasons I wanted to bring this movie up is because back when I was starting to get into poetry myself, I loved the poets. I was reading Jack Kerouac, all of that stuff in my youth, right? In my youthfulness <laughs> and loving all of that, right? Go, I went, you know, went to the City Lights bookstore, Vesuvio's right across the alley, just taking it all in. And I loved that type of, of writing. And I just thought, you know, that was just so cool. And so, you know, influential for me at the time. And so that was something I wanted to bring up because I see this as like fun, frolicking, youthful, ridiculous. And also like, you know, it's kind of where I was at when I was first getting into poetry. Right. So I just wanted to offer that up. And I didn't know if any of you had a phase where you liked beat poetry or never liked it, or I just would, would love to hear your all thoughts on beat poetry because that's what he's supposedly doing in this movie. Right. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was a bad rap. <laughs> <laughs> Harriet, 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 you both off the wall, make those the lawn. What's that part where he says happiness, loveliness? What was that part where he says loveless or or modest or something like that? You are love, Ed. You are yeah, love yeah, Ed. something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, uh, but I like how we had the musicians up there playing with them. Oh, the, the musicians were, they, he, they're on point. I mean, he took them everywhere. He took them in front of her window and did, did the same. That, those are some like really great wingman friend musicians. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're gonna so- high, if you're going to haul a base around San Francisco to the top of a building, you are a hell of a wingman. I don't feel like it's just the bass itself. It's the amp. No, no, mm-hmm. not even the amp or the bassist or the guitars. The goddamn drummer. Drummer, yeah. The right. So I was thinking of that as well. Whole kit. Plugging that around. Whole mm-hmm. kit to the top of a building. You, That's a like, homie for life. You can't, you can't even, like, carry cymbals in a snare drum on your person down a block without getting winded. No, you need a van for that shit. And you still did it for your homie just to win over a girl because he fucked. No. Nah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That that is some wingman, hard I, hardcore yeah, wingman. Yeah. And here's the thing: I know Sharon will do a lot, but like I don't even expect him to be like, yeah, let me just like bring over my drum set so you can win over a girl because you were a. Oh, he would. He, he would. would. He would. But I feel like it would depend on how much of an idiot I was. <laughs> well, if you don't get her, you know how mad I want to be. <laughs> I gotta pay my like, gas. I, I feel. I, I feel out. like. I feel like would it be. It would be like. So was it like? So I married an axe murderer idiot, or was it like Mulan idiot? See what I did there. You see what I did there. How how is it Mulan idiot? Oh, you talking about um? How bad he boy? fucked up. Oh, boy. Yeah. oh, okay. Like, if we were to grade this one to ten, like on a scale one through ten, so I married an axe murderer would be like a soft four, and Mulan would be a hard ten. Well, if you go Mulan, I ain't bringing Jack. <laughs> See, exactly. I'll bring bongos. That's <laughs> I'll bring right. Some, bring some bongos with me. You better, you better make sure you can stay loud because I'm going to be a. Doop, 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 doop. 
This ain't gonna be good. <laughs> you got your little kalimba. <laughs> oh, I got, yeah, I got a kalimba. Yeah. I smoke a cigarette. I'm like, she a heartbreaker. Doesn't know how to be loved. Ed. 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 <laughs> that cracked me up. <laughs> that cracked me up. It was. It could have been like it wasn't the scenes where he was being Mike Myers. It was the mm. moment where he just had to like add an extra syllable. Yes, I will say. It reminded me a bit of Ike Torres's poetry at times, where it's that play on words and that playfulness that Ike can bring to his stuff. Mm, like yes. Ike is a much better writer, but the the level yeah. of playfulness and wordplay that is in it reminded me a lot of watching Ike on stage. Oh well, yeah, but there's also like a very definite authenticity to Ike's performance. Yeah, yeah, I adore oh, no, Ike, right. but yeah. it's it's that playfulness and that that wordplay that he brings to it that I don't think there's a lot of other poets in our scene that do it. There we go. There we go. That was the right word for it. The wordplay, the ability to wordplay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, with all that wordplay, I think it's time for us to go into snap judgment, so that Marvin can get onto a date. Hi Julie, we're all but we're all counting on the details for tonight. <laughs> wow. Look, it better again. It better fucking work because uh, Asian dating Asians kind of hard in the U.S. <laughs> really? I believe I believe in you. I, don't make I, me I, write a fucking thesis. Don't make me write a fucking. I, I, thesis. I was going. To, Just don't but... take her to a Disney movie, and you're good right now. <laughs> uh, it's not like I'm gonna make her go to watch Mulan with me or Koala. Well, you oh. can each interview the deep hate on Mulan together. Wow, the deep hate. That's if she's not facing some self-hating, self-hating Asian shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but we'll be asking about Julie on the next show. So let, let's move on to Snap Judgment. So with Snap right. Judgment, we basically rate the movie that we are reviewing. Three snaps. This movie's fabulous. It's the greatest thing. His rhyming was spectacular. He used to be beat-poing on Jack Kerouac's grave. <laughs> Not happening. Two snaps. It wasn't that bad, but it was not that good. One snap. This thing. This thing should go into the bottom of the sea, like in 1987's earthquake. Eighty-nine. 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 Oh, Eighty-nine. We go in quarter snap increments. You're welcome. He's like, really? He's so fed up right now. Half. Hate all y'all. All right. You said this is half. Okay. Half. Mm-hmm. The fist is half. Half. All right. So let's close our eyes and count to three. Uno. Dos. Tres. Throw your number up. Open up. Okay, one half, one half, one half, and two. I'm wow. really surprised by this score. We are now surprised with this score. Three, five, six point five. Wow. This, this is, is one of the few times me and Auntie Vice have not been like in true sync with one another. And and it's me and Sharon for a change. I know. Mm-hmm. It's a controversial you know, movie. Exactly. Even like, Danielle even said 1.5. I am now shocked. Yeah. Okay. Like, did hell freeze over? Is Sacramento 50 <laughs> degrees at the moment? Like, do we now experience humid heat instead of dry heat? <laughs> 
So Danielle, yes, since you with all, we since you with three of us, the two of the two of us, not not one of us. <laughs> why did you give it a one point five? Well, you know, I mean, I, I recommended it again because of the San Francisco ness, the yes. beatness, all of those things. But I think, I mean, as a as a piece of cinematic art, it you know it falls short in in many ways. And I, but I, at the same time. It's just for fun. It's it's like um, it's like cotton candy or something like that, you know. <laughs> it's for me, and so it's not something you eat every day. It's not something that you you know is really necessarily good for you. But once in a while, you have it because it's enjoyable. So it's not um, in in any way negative. It's just more like it's a junk food. It's it's fun. Um, so that's that's where I'm going with my rating. Marvin, why'd you give it a one point five? So kind of like how Danielle was talking about. The movie was fine, but there are certain points that are just kind of a miss for me. But there, it does hold a certain magic to it. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm running late. He's got places to go. <laughs> I got places to go. I got okay. the dog whining at me because he's being okay. a little... We're going to be quick. I'm, I'm almost done. <laughs> I get a 1.5, not only because the the corny um, be, um beat mix beat poetry people don't take this in lightly this is not real poetry stop <laughs> but also the movie did also this was some of this is the preempted moments of um michael of mike myers being yeah. who he will later be doing with goldfinger doing awesome yeah, powers, awesome powers guru. And, i mean well, he just this will this will be this it's you know it's the weirdest thing is that him and adam sandler and even Dana Dana Carvey, they get these little these little uh, movies that give them push, and they kind of stick that way for the rest of their time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of I think it's kind of weird. A lot of them characters um, from Saturday Night Live, they kind of go in that same direction. Like every any movie they get, they kind of go in that direction, and they stick with that direction for the, for the rest of their time making movies. Uh, Phil Harmon made he he changed a few times, but even in TV, he was still the same person in that same direction. So I th- and I thought and I thought also the the um ending was predictable because you you saw you saw his si- the sister and you're like okay she's coming in and out she has to be the problem because why would they bring the sister in if it's you know not to duck and dodge anything but why bring the sister in she had to be an pr- issue. Auntie Vice, why did you give it a 0.5 more than the rest of us? <laughs> I took it for what it was, right? Okay. It's a fun, lighthearted movie, nothing serious, you know. And for what it was, it was good, right? Mm-hmm. In its genre, for what it's supposed to be, it was good. Um, for me to give it less than a two on a movie, it's got to actively suck in areas. <laughs> and I... <laughs> So, you know, listeners, anything I've given less than a two, it actively sucked. This did not actively suck. So (laughs) I went with a two. It's it's middling. It's very middling as a film, but it's fun. And, you know, put your brain on hold for a little bit. So, everyone, as you can see, we gave it all together 6.5 out of 12. That's actually not a bad score. It's kind of half, but it's also kind of... But... Let us know what you think of the movie. If you if you have any, please share, subscribe, and put put your comments into reviewing this movie and tell us what you think of it. 
And also tell us what you think about Michael Myers' poetry. Um, Mike, Mike Myers' poetry. It sucked, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> so, whoa, man, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, man. <laughs> so, while you're telling me you didn't love it, love did. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> Why don't we give our social media? Where can they, Marvin? Where can they find you on social media? He's on mute. Uh, Auntie Vice, where would they find you on social media? Uh, Marvin just came back. Marvin, you want to wait? Sorry, in I'm, so I'm getting ready. I'm running around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can weigh in and then sign off. Yeah, you can find me on Starving Marvin 09. Potential SoundCloud to be announced. Auntie Vice. You can find me at Auntie Vice on most social media, on AuntieVice.com and on Love Letters to a Unicorn.com. And for the film buffs out there, I've just dropped my tw- top 25 LGBTQ films you should see for Pride Month on Love Letters.com. So if you're looking for um, films outside of the, the mainstream gay films, uh, they're there as well as the top 25 LGBTQ books. Um, and if you haven't read or discovered Hothead Paisan, Homicidal Lesbian Terrorist, um, and others in that ilk, you really need to go check out the list. That is longer than Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Good. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, I have so had my Hothead Paisan moments. I understand that character. <laughs> Danielle, thanks for coming back. Where can they find you at? It's a pleasure as always. And my um, Instagram is Diva Metz, D-I-V-A-M-E-T-Z. And yeah, I would love to stay in touch and love to hear what everyone thinks about this fun little movie. Mm. And just want to let everyone know, a fun fact, the deleted scene on this, they were actually, they actually got rid of a BART scene. BART is actually the rail, the light rail in San Francisco or the Bay Area, technically. It's very, very rapid transit. They got rid of a they got rid of a um, Bart scene, which was basically going to show um, Charlie and Harriet having a son, which was named Stuart, which was his father's um, father's name. Hmm. And the character who was supposed to play that, he didn't get any credit because they didn't show the scene. Go figure. Huh. Go figure. We need to put in the the credits the best song written about Bart, <laughs> which is called "Banging on Bart." Banging on Bart. It's called Banging on Bart. It's a brilliant, brilliant song um, written by a San Francisco performer. Um, and we will, we should put the link in there. So, yes, if you're looking for inspirational song and poetry about Bart, Banging on Bart. I love it already. By uh, Jefferson Berge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that and the Bay City Rollers. Keep looking for them, too. I am Ashran and I am on Iambic Zine as I A M B I C. Z-I-N-E. Check us out. We're going to do more shows and stuff just for you. And if you want to see more and you want to ask for like Danielle to come back, hey, put it in the comments. We might get her back one more time. She's already done a three. We already did a threesome. It's a crazy thing. She's already done a threesome. <laughs> we got to get other people now for that. But no, thank you. Thank you, Danielle, for coming back once again to do this movie that you prescribed and you subscribed and we wanted to do. And to everyone else, be safe. We're going to be having we're going to be reopening soon in California. So keep 
the mask going until that time. I'd like say peace to everyone. Marvin already left, so to everyone else, what Marvin would say, peace. <laughs> <laughs>